Yeah, hello guys. Welcome to Foodie Week Podcast. My name is Ahis Anthony. And today is the EPL review show. I'm not here alone. I'm here with my podcasters. We're going to have fun and it's a jam-packed show for you today. So we'll be talking about the EPL Game Week 2 review. We saw games that went down. But before I start, oh, bad, my bad. Let me introduce my other podcaster, Tamiet. The only lady in the house. Guys. Hello, guys. Yeah, and Chimomaka, the Chelsea fan. <laughs> Hello, guys. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you guys. It's good to have you guys today. Um, the last episode we had was the Transfer News episode. And um, this is episode one for the EPL Game Week review. And we're going to talk... We're going to discuss mostly about what happened in the Game Week 2. Yeah, so the results... We saw Manchester United losing to Crystal Palace 1-3. We saw Arsenal winning. Time it, sorry. We saw Arsenal winning 2-1. We saw Chelsea. <laughs> we saw Chelsea as well. Chelsea losing to Liverpool today. Too bad. And we also saw, well, beginning from the games, starting from the games, the weekend, Everton, Everton defeated West Brom 5-2. Leeds United Gold trailer between Leeds United and Fulham 4-3. Manchester United lost to Crystal Palace, as I mentioned. Arsenal had to slog it out. Late winner, 2-1. Southampton today lost to Tottenham 5-2. And um, Newcastle lost at home to Brighton Hove Albion. Chelsea, as I mentioned earlier, lost to Liverpool 2-0 at home at Stamford Bridge. And Leicester at the moment, they're leading Burnley 2-1. A quick one. Results, upsets, there were no upsets. Record set, yes, Dominic, Dominic Calvert-Lewin scoring his first hat-trick. Scoring three goals against West Brom. And Lacazette scoring his 50th goal for Arsenal in all competition. Being the fourth Frenchman to reach that milestone. Behind Thierry Henry, Pires, Giroud. And um, yeah, Henry, Pires and Giroud. And also Al- Alcantara, we saw him making his debut for Liverpool today. So guys... What do you have to say about this? The results? Were there were there any any strange results? Or was there anything strange in the result that came, went down game week two? Time yet? Um most of the results are, are pretty much expected. My except start of my United. Time yet there. Marker, you can just continue. Well, if I'm most of the results okay. were, were pretty well. much expected. Okay, but I'm sure you didn't see that of Manchester United losing at home to Crystal Palace. Ah, so I didn't see that come. I didn't see that come. <laughs> Chimamaka. Well, if you say some were expected, I didn't expect um, Leeds United to be doing. 4-3 because they're actually considering as much as they're scoring. Mm-hmm. I didn't also see see um, Everton doing a five-goal thriller with Calvert-Lewin scoring on hat-trick. I didn't see that coming. But I also didn't see Chelsea going to lose 2-0 after a solid first half. Yeah. Thanks to the red card. But all well and good, it's, it's a result that was actually well-deserved by the Reds. 
and there are so many ups and downs in the EPL. Yes, let's take it back to Manchester United, who lost 1-3 to Crystal Palace. Nobody saw that coming. In fact, everybody expected the United team to be to be much more formidable mm-hmm. starting the new campaign. That's their first game of the season, and it came out all in shambles. We can't compare the beginning of last season to the beginning of this season. Last season, they did 4-0 to Chelsea, and this season, they are doing a 1-3 loss. So, it's the EPL, so everything is expected. Samuels, just just touch on the Manchester United Crystal Palace. Yeah. Uh, what, what did Socha, what did Ole did wrong? Tactics-wise, selection-wise, what did he do wrong? Everything. I, everything. Um, Pogba, Pogba was not in that match at all. He has started, he has started Donny. Why start James? James was... James has lost form since the end of last season. Why start James? Start Greenwood. Give us our Greenwood. Start Wambisaka. Um, for Mensa was was not bad. It was not awful. But should have just started Wambisaka. Most of the most the first and second goal, I think it was pretty much something Wambisaka would have cleared down. Then Linda Love. Linda Love was terrible. I think that centre back position he needs to. It needs to just find something doing, and they are thinking about loaning Smalling with all this porous um, exposure at the back. I don't. There's something that needs to be done asap to that back and the front. The team, the team itself, they, they were not looking sharp. It was not. It was not. It was, it was terrible. It was not what I was expecting at all. First game of the season, they were not looking sharp at all. So you give it. Give it another week and see. What goes on? You know, just to still stick on you, just to still, I'm still on you, I'm still on the Manchester United. Crystal Palace, they've won their last two games, you know, their last two visits, consecutive visits to Old Trafford. They've nicked it, they've Lost gotten them. Yes, so, so is, there, is it that Ole, there's something Ole couldn't learn from the defeat that happened last time while Crystal Palace visited um, the Old Trafford? Is it that there was no learning points? Or is it that there was nothing he could do differently? As a this game being the first game of the season, because we know what it takes, your first game of the season, it's always a determinant, or not all the time, but at least sometimes it determines how your season pans out. Losing at home your first game is not good. Is this something is it that Ole couldn't learn from what happened the last time when Crystal Palace visited? Crystal Palace, they have they have a sharp um, a very sharp and fast um, forward going forward. They have fast players going forward. Should have. I don't know why Wambisaka did not play. They. I don't know. Ole, Ole always. I don't know. He always plays around with some tactics that are just really, really unnecessary. They are, should have just make sure the, the back was more tight. Even if we are not scoring, at least we are not. Uh, we are not conceding goals like that. He should have. Should have taken a few things to to just make sure the the back was a bit for us. Linda Love was was mm. was just another thing yesterday. It was it was something that could have been prevented. Those three goals should have been prevented. But but we'll see we'll see how it goes in the next match. Yeah, but we just have to give credit. We just have to give credit to to to. Yeah, I know they were, they were they were fantastic. They were fantastic. They were ruthless. They, 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 they yeah. really went all out. They it started. Their chances. It yes. Their chances. Okay, so Chimamaka to you. There was a talking point in that match. The handball situation that happened. The, the one Diego Dalot writes. Samet, am I right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so there was a handball situation and we know the new handball rule. Can you just fill us in? Did you see that as being fair on Manchester United, the handball? Penalty well, given? It's, it's, actually, it's actually it was actually a fair decision because if you if you look at the present rules mm. having to do with handball, there are there are some some circumstances whereby you give it, it it's 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 a give. It's a mm -hmm. giving, I mean. Yeah. So in such kind of situation, when 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 Dalot committed that, we saw that as actually there were there were talks from different angles. Everybody being skeptical about is this actually the right call? This is not the right call. But at the, at the end, we realized that rules actually have changed, mm -hmm. and every season they are being reviewed. So actually, what played against against United on in that aspect was actually the change of the rule. So it had to be implemented. One way or the other, it, it must be implemented in a 38-game 30, full season. It might be any other match, but unfortunately for United, it had to come out that way. With them being the first to actually, yes, nick that. <laughs> them, them being the pen... pen sorry, there's a name we call them. Penandes or Fernandes. Oh, yeah. well, but, but, but... <laughs> Well, yeah, but on the, on the serious note, don't you guys think that rule, you know, because even looking at the play when um, Jordan Ayew wanted to do the flick and the ball went off Diego Dalot's hand, you could see the reaction from from Andrea Ayew and the other Crystal Palace players. They, they were like, oh, yes, it wasn't intentional, so let's move on and let's play on. But VAR had to, had to call back... You know, if I had to call back just to do that check, the check that they normally do. But don't you think it's a bit unfair with this new um, handball rule set up by IFAB, which is the um, International Football Association Board, where they say the short sleeve, the long sleeve, once the ball comes off, when the ball touches the short sleeve, then it is not a penalty, but from your short sleeve downwards to your arm, it is a handball even when it is not intentional even when it is not like what's the right word to use even when the player didn't intentionally touch the ball or try to make any contact or intentionally block stop the ball from going in Samyat, what's your take on this new if if ifab rule concerning the handball um there there's been a lot of changes this season a lot of rules even with the um penalty line goalkeeper rule there's been a lot of changes. I think it's, it's shaping the game in not not a very fun way, but I think the players will learn to adapt to it. It's, it's, it's going to there's going to be a lot of um, situation where it's going to be unfair and all of that, but they have to learn to adapt to it. It is what it is now. We just have to move on with it. Chumamaka, before you weigh in, but I'll just have to read something from the Premier League website which they said IFAB has also issued a reminder that the player cannot score a goal with their hand even if it is accidental so the boundary between the shoulder and the arm is now defined by the bottom of the armpit to penalize a player for handball the match officials must have clear evidence that the ball has struck the player's arm below the bottom of the armpit and in the red zone indicated in the diagram we're sharing with our viewers right now so the red part downwards, which is from 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 from, from beneath the shoulder, it be downwards, is a handball. 
do you think this will be fair? Samet said this is what it is, we just have to move on. But do you think this is fair on defenders? Because how would it be possible for you see an, um, a striker coming in and you have to fold your arms? Because I know the movement of your arms also controls your body movement, your body position, your body alignment. Is this a bit fair on the defenders? Well, it's, it's as, as she said earlier, it's actually shaping up the, the discipline of every player on the pitch. If you look at it before now, it is just because it has been highlighted this season. The rules have always been the same. Below the armpit is a foul. Rules way 20 years back, 10 years back, it's all been the same. But this time, they, were, they had to come down to analyze every aspect of the foul. Most people might look at the foul and say, okay, you know, before before now, we had had issues with contending with the shoulder. We don't know where the V-shaped part of the shoulder is. It's either this side, it's committing the foul. So now they've, they've actually analyzed it. So using what, what they're trying to say now is this. You don't have to hit the ball with your shoulder for us to say it's not a foul. I don't know if you understand that. Yeah. They're trying to tell you that even with your shoulder, it's not a foul. But the moment is an inch or two inches below your shoulder, which lies on the armpit region, mm -hmm. it's a foul. So now it's just shaping. They've just analyzed and told us where the foul actually starts. Now, where I have a problem, where I have, I will have an issue with is, is actually um, uh, when it comes to unintentional fouls. Mm. There are times you're trying to block a ball. If you look at normally, ideally, when you stand with your two hands behind your back, you realize that you still have some some little part of your hands out. Yeah. In a case where you're trying to you're trying to wave out or not concede a, an intentional foul and mm -hmm. hit that part, what area, what what solution do you give? Now, this this kind of case lies in the hand of the referees to make their decisions. There are times it is not intentional, but it will be given. Now, this is this is the problem we are going to have to know which um, refereeing body is going to really analyze this. Yeah. I thank God, yeah, we, 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 we had to deal with the VAR last season. Now they brought the video check to the pitch. To the pitch, yeah. Wherein the, the, ref, the ref has to go and see this himself. Mm. Now, in this case, I believe it all boils down to the referee's decision. There are times it's not foul, but people will have to contend with ah, the foul, the foul decision, mm -hmm. putting it into the face of the referee, go and check the VAR. As it stands, it's all boils down to the discipline of the referee in charge of every game. So there was a situation in the Arsenal-West Ham match where the ball went off. There was a tackle, Gabriel, the new Arsenal signing, making his um, first appearance at the Emirates Stadium for Arsenal, where he needed to make a tackle. There was a ball in the air where he needed to contest with um, Antonio. The ball, the ball touched off. It was, it was really... Um, uh, what a controversial moment, but this rule, this IFAB rule, came came kind of like in favor of Arsenal without the referee urging the penalty, but or giving the penalty. So Arsenal will be lucky. So let's just switch to the Arsenal game. We saw the Arsenal game. West Ham gave a good performance of themselves yesterday. Arsenal will be shaky, lackluster performance from Arsenal, but. There was this other side of Arsenal that we saw yesterday. Samyet, able to grind out a win. Is that a positive for Arsenal despite playing poorly yesterday? I think um, at the end of the day, the result is important. So, always striving to get that regardless of how poor or how bad um, the match had gone. is is always going to be a good one. 
always having that fighting spirit to the end to just strive and strive and get the result and at the end of the day they have their three points mm-hmm. west ham well they were a bit unlucky so yes they were a bit unlucky chimamaka do you buy or do you share that do you share samuel's thoughts yeah, I, on that match I, I totally agree I, I totally agree with her what what makes a winning team is grinding out results no matter how the result comes as long as it's a three points every three points is an advantage to every team you play good, you play bad. Grinding out the result is what matters. And that's what actually I see Arsenal doing for the rest of the season. They are underdogs. Nobody has tipped them to make the top four. But as it's, as it's going, grinding results is key to, at the, um, to, to, to sitting in the top four. So if they keep on doing this, playing badly, playing shambolic football, and eventually grind out three points, then it's good for them. Yeah, we saw Mikel Arteta's reaction yesterday. Despite Arsenal playing poorly but they nicked the win three points two out of two we saw how how he was so ecstatic yesterday with when the final whistle went by and during the press conference he was asked a question about his performance of the team and he made mention that for him yes he knew the performance was bad Arsenal did a whole lot of things that they were not supposed to do they found themselves in some kind of situation where they was they were not supposed to find themselves which is giving away cheap possession to West Ham and West Ham really capitalizing. Now, in what part? We all saw the creativity. Arsenal lacked creativity in the middle of the park. Do you think Ateta bolstering that midfield, bringing in a more creative player? We know they've been they've been linked with um, Awa. I don't know if I got the correction yeah. in the pronunciation, it's, right? It's Hawa, yeah. It's it's Hawa. Hawa, yeah. You're right. Samet, could you just... Do you see... I know Arsenal, they're your rivals when it comes to Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> and Arsenal... It's it's a big rivalry. I, I mentioned it in the in the last episode, the transfer news episode, when Okwe mentioned Tottenham being Arsenal's rival, and I said no, Tottenham is not Arsenal's rivals. They could be neighbors, but they are not rivals because in the last twenty years, Tottenham hasn't won any trophy. But in the last twenty years, Arsenal have won fifteen trophies, if you could count. So that's no rivalry in any sort. But I, we know Arsenal, Manchester United. We know when it comes to these two teams, it is always going to be. Do you see Arsenal bolstering their midfield with a creative player? Do you see them giving them more inf or more option going 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 forward? We we have seen it with Everton. Look at look at that Everton team. They brought in um, James. They brought in um, Alan and uh, Richardson is there. Look at the way they are performing. Bringing in more creative players. Moving, moving them in with the team and blending them in with the team is, is going to go a long way for, for us now. If they can get the players, if they can get the signing, it's, it's going to be important. And it's, it's key to get the important signing, the right signing that will blend into the team, not just getting any kind of signing. So Arsenal needs a bit of creativity in the midfield. Yeah, so it will be, it will be an important signing if they can make, make it. So do you feel Awa, Awa is the guy? Awa, they've been linked with Awa, they've been linked with Pate. Do you think those guys would be a reinforcement I think for Arsenal? Pate, I think Pate would... would I, I don't really know much about this Awa guy, but I think Pate coming to Arsenal, ah, he's going to be... If they can make that signing, it's, 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 what, it's something I would like to see. Something I would like to see in the Arsenal scene here too. It's dangerous a bit. Chimamaka. Yeah, your London, your London rivals. Wait, wait. 
<laughs> How did yesterday? Yeah, we, we, we realized Ateta is a very smart manager. He yeah. plays tactical football, but yesterday his players were unable to deliver that to him. Which you saw in the press conference, he's, he, he tried to express his bitterness on the fact that they were not they were not delivering or giving what he actually thought or what what he, what he has actually instilled in them. Yeah. But the, the end of the whole thing was granting the result, which they actually did. Now, for Arsenal to have an improved squad, which will, I know eventually, if they have some certain kinds of players, they would they would actually go for the top four as well and make the European football. But as, as it stands presently, Arsenal needs a very dynamic, creative midfielder. Hussein um, Awa is somebody who I know fits that bill. But we are not going to compare the, the Ligon to the English Premier League. Sure. Awa has potentials. Sure. I know, I know he has, he has his future so way ahead of him as it stands. But, but if I'm, if I'm going to be asked, asked again, I would, I would say they should call back, they should call back, Mr. Ozil, which is not looking likely. Ozil has, has a bag of experience. You cannot take that out of him. But as it stands, since they cannot get Awa, they should make do with what they have. They are, they are doling out three hundred and fifty thousand for Ozil weekly, mm-hmm. and he's not seen football time. He should be able to. They should be able to utilize. Well, I don't know what the manager's plans are. Mm. I don't know the plans he has. But our coming at the cost of about sixty million euros, it's not Arsenal ready to do that. So if they have a creative midfielder with Jose Awa in the team, it's a it's a given. But if you have that and you don't have a Thomas Party to stand in as your defensive midfielder, then it's a, you are doing Arsenal will be doing dirty business. I, in my opinion, I feel securing the like of Thomas Party gives room for the likes of Ceballos to ply his trade. He's a free-flowing midfielder mm-hmm. who knows exactly he has he has his eye for attack. Yeah. He has he has the proneness in him. He knows what he does. He knows when he has he has the football at, at his feet. He knows what he can. We, we all know. We saw it last season. We know what he can deliver. So I feel for for Arsenal to actually improve, they should they should improve more on their defensive. That is their defensive midfield first. Then give them to the guys on the ground. If they are choosing not to use the likes of Mesut Ozil, they should give other guys the room to be able to play and dance in the midfield. Yes, they lack creativity, but I believe with the players they have there, they can bring out some of, some, some of them with the best that they have in them. Yeah, well said. But just to touch on the Mesut Ozil situation, you know, it's not easy being the manager. What's, what goes on behind the scene, we don't really know. Because we understand Arsenal, they're trying to offload Ozil. So why would Ateta as a manager want to put his hope on a player that don't have a future in Arsenal anymore? Because I know they just want him to run out. If they don't see anybody's going to sign him this window, they just want to see him run out his contract this last year that he has on his contract and just ship him off. So it will be kind of like it will be foolhardy on Ateta to put all his hopes or put um, Ozil in his plan for the entire season because Ateta is trying to build for the future. Because even if he doesn't really do anything this season, he would want to see how he can build for next season and season next season beyond. So putting Ozil in the mix might not really favor him. So I understand why they just trying to put Ozil on the side. But moving on to the match today, Chelsea Liverpool. It was a bad um it was it was sour for it was on a sour note for um your new striker. What's his name again? Timo Werner, um, Havertz. It was it was bad for them today, you know. Playing the first time at Stamford Bridge, 
and that red card changing that situation, changing the dynamics of the match. Samyet, what's your analysis on the game? If that red card yeah. hadn't had happened, do you did you see Chelsea hurting Liverpool? No, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. They were not taking their chances and Liverpool were they were always they they are always going to punish you for that. They were look at the, the chance Timo Timo missed. And they, I don't know, there is something about this Chelsea team. It's like they are not I saw their their first match against them. Um, what they play with last Brighton, yeah. Yeah, Brighton. Brighton had them had them. They were they were Brighton was just quite unlucky. Same mm-hmm. today they were, I don't know, it's like there is all of these players in the team and I don't know, it's just like something is not fitting in. I didn't I mean I didn't I didn't see them. They were they were they were in the beginning there was a bit of potential but the red card I think well it did change the game. It did change the, the whole dynamic of the game, but Chelsea I don't know. They are they are not getting it yet for me. They are not getting they are, they are, they are not taking their chances and Liverpool will punish you for that. Liverpool will definitely punish you for that. Chumaka. You share Samuel's thoughts. No, there's no yeah, balance has, in that team yet. No balance at has, the moment. No, I, I, I feel, I feel that. But what happened today? Yes, the dynamism of the whole game changed the moment the red card came in. But we had a balanced first half. Yeah, you can give possession-wise uh, more attempts to to the Liverpool team. But I realized that there was a balance in the mm-hmm. team compared to the team that played last late last season. Now, I'm not going to make excuses for the players who are not involved, but the ones who are involved actually took their time to, 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 to balance. Yes, they were not looking like they wanted to go and score, but they had a balanced game. That is the first half. The red card brought about the stability in the whole squad, whereby we have to start fitting in players, bringing in these to do that. But I would not, I would not leave the blame entirely to the players. I would first, I would first of all give the blame to Frank Lampard. I, I expect tactically there's some, there's some changes he should have made. We realized that in that game we had a Georgiou who sat back and we let a Kante roam the whole pitch. Kante was more of the box-to-box midfielder, and you had a Georgiou who sat deep, and he had 70% misplaced passes, which is wrong. So I felt if I'm the manager and I'm supposed to take such kind of decision with the red card, all I would do in such kind of game was bring out a Giorgio and keep a Kante to sit back in the defensive midfield and give him to Ross Barkley. Yes, we realize that Kai Havertz is not physical enough to play in the Premier League because he was bullied all through. Yeah, even Timo Werner had to had to had to even put himself in into people's feet. Yeah, Timo Werner was active, but he he cannot be active and have a number eight who is playing behind him or playing very close to him, who is not physical. I don't know if you understand that. So, mm-hmm. I believe he should have removed uh, Havertz and put a Ross Barkley, that is with the players we have presently, Re- replace a, a Jorginho and leave a Kante to sit deep. Because this, I, I, I don't know what he thought about. Even if I was not going to do that, I was going to replace a Havertz with a striker. A Giroud. Because we realised we didn't have any aerial ball. We had just one aerial ball. In I, the I, I was team. surprised it even starts with any attacking option, with any top nine. So, I, it's, it's, I was surprised when I saw mm-hmm. the lineup. There was no, there was no aerial threat, mm-hmm. and you realize if you're gonna, if you're gonna destabilize a Liverpool defense, Van Dijk is not consistent on the air. He loses ball. If you check him all through last season, he loses balls on the air. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yes, he was a, he was he was he was he was the first to recommend the EPL. But for 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 crying out loud, we know that Lampard actually missed it tactically at the beginning of the game. Yes, he spent money on Havertz. He wants to play him, but for for for, for God's sake, he should bring him in to come and blend in the team, not not allow magic to happen instantly. Wow, but it was a it, a well-deserved win actually for Liverpool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. You know, it's 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 about ninety minutes. I'm sure whether a man down, two man down, you just have to put in your best to ensure you get the point. But the thing yeah. is, you know, the bookmakers or the the critics will be there. Sorry, I meant to say critics will be there to really criticize Lampard if he doesn't make anything out of this thing based on the amount of money he has spent. And I will be number one to do that. I'm watching out for I'll you. I'll do that before you. <laughs> I'll do that before you. So sad, so sad. Time, 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 time we really wouldn't really permit us to, to do more. But we've been able to touch on basically the highlights of game week two of the EPL. EPL and we're footy with footy with podcast. This is the EPL review episode. So you'll be seeing more of this on our YouTube channel. We are on social media platforms, we're on Twitter, and we are on Instagram and also on YouTube. And also listen to our podcast on Anchor, Google Podcast, and also um, Google Podcast as well. Just check us out. Right? Just check us out on Anchor. Anchor. So at this time, which is just going to round off. Yes, we're supposed to do prediction, but we have our predictions. We could just share that on the WhatsApp group, and um, we can handle that, but not on the show. So we just have to say our pattern shot, Samyet, just to round off for today's episode. Yeah, it's been a brief episode but it's still an enjoyable one we'll be back next week with more review more action next week see you guys next week yeah Chimamaka. yeah guys wonder under wonderful weekend of football it was a wonderful time today talking football analyzing football let's do it again next week so the waiting for you guys yeah 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 so from us here on footy weeks podcast we say bye have a blessed week and we'll be back here next week to review the game week three. Good luck to all the teams. Haters. Are we okay? <laughs>